Everybody got uh, their original sound. Original on. sound is on, and uh, we're recording. <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, just like that, just like that. January twenty eighth to uh, April first is complete, and we're all back in our homeland. Are you okay? Are you talking to Fred or me? Yeah, either of you guys. <laughs> just like, are you okay? Like, there's a lot of traveling. It's exhausting just thinking about it. You know, getting in a cab and you know, country roads all the way to Mexico for five hours, and then getting into a plane and you know, dealing with plane stuff. That's uh, you know, I've done that trip three times now, coming home, and it never really seems that bad to me. Like yeah. even the other day, we were in a traffic jam just outside Mexico City Airport, and the overall journey when I got home, it wasn't like, oh, I'm glad that's over. Yeah, and Dennis, like it, even our baggage on the carousel wasn't that bad. You know, coming into Pearson, going from San Miguel to Mexico City is it's not like by a donkey. <laughs> it's not, well, uh, you know, it's not. It, it's like paved highway and everything. Really? Oh yeah. I thought there would be, you know, it's like a jalopy that you'd get into, and <laughs> then you know, there's yeah. potholes the size of pigs and stuff, and no, you know, that's... farm animals running all over. That's not the case. Oh, what a narrow, <laughs> narrow. <mind. laughs> wow, you know, Dan, we all we always knew you were racist, but yeah. Um, uh. No, I'd say the same thing as Fred. It's a pretty, you know, I've done it twice now. And it's a pretty, you know, easy peasy trip. Uh, I my Pearson experience was maybe a little longer than, you know, yours. And maybe in the old days, we got our bags quicker because, you know, we landed at seven o'clock and our bags didn't start coming off that carousel for almost an hour. But, you know, that wasn't so bad. What was it like in the old days? I don't really remember. Faster. Yeah, it was. All of it was faster. It's more like a train. Like on, uh, when I came in Thursday night, you know, the carousel too has like three flights on it. So you walk up and you're thinking, oh, the bags are there already. But, you know, those are the bags from like uh, Bogota or something. I was going to say Columbia. Yeah. You were going to say Columbia? I was actually going to say that because I swear. I said Bogota. uh, No. Bogota's in Columbia. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's weird. So what you guys are saying is that the journey was the journey. Yeah, the well, journey 12, was fine. I leave. I left at five, about 5.30 a.m. in San Miguel, and I got home about 7.30, 8 o'clock, which was 5.36 in San Miguel. So it's like a 12-hour journey, but it didn't seem that bad. And there's not one point in that entire journey that you got irritated and want to, like, talk no. to somebody or... No, well, you know, I mean, I, you know, no, that, there was no point in that journey that I was like, I need to speak to somebody about this situation. Uh, no, it was uh, pretty easy. Um, Fred left a few days before me, and on his recommend, I amended my departure time. I was going to leave around 6 San Miguel time or 8 o'clock Toronto time. And he just sent me a note saying, hey, you know, it was a little bit busy around the airport, and uh, I leaving on a Saturday... It could potentially be busier because of spring break and such. And uh, as I said to him before the show, I, I got there in pretty quick time, like less than four hours. And, then, you know, sat around the airport. It was fine. Good. Well, welcome back. I know you're looking for us to be outraged and irritated, but 
You know that. <laughs> believe me, believe me, that's going to come later in the program. What was what was your mate? Your big issue was what Dan the carry on. They wanted to check it. Yeah, right. How dare they? How dare they? <laughs> they pulled it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's actually even room on the plane. In Dan's defense, and I think we mentioned this when we were away, but. Because of people's nervousness around baggage these last couple of years, the amount of carry-on people are bringing is ridiculous. That's true. Like some of the bags, like, you know, you you can sort of see people with the rolling stroller thing looking with the and there's like doubling up on it. And I think some people, what their strategy is, is they... They bring it so far, and if it's questioned, they know it'll be it'll be tagged and and go underneath or whatever they do with it for free, right? So you're save maybe saving forty bucks. <laughs> I thought, what would happen if I got on there with my golf clubs? I'm just, can I just put these somewhere? Are these all right? <laughs> these are my special clubs. These are my special clubs. And what if you did that, and then halfway through the the flight, you started putting up the aisle? <laughs> <laughs> I should put I should put a thing around the clubs. These are my therapy. These are my therapy clubs. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, listen, we don't want to. We've gotten into some bad habits while we were away, so let's start the show so our sponsors get mentioned immediately. Here's Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Toronto studios in Toronto, and from our Brampton bunker facility, and from our gateway to the Coorthus facility in Peterborough, and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men whose return to Canada included greeting, welcoming fans at the airport, a nice, warm, familiar bed to crawl into, and waking up having to put pants on, it's Humble and Fred. All of that is true, except the adoring fans at the airport. I did run into somebody that I knew a long time ago. I don't know if this has happened to you two. Well, because, you know, Dan, of course, being recognized more than you and I. But I was at the airport waiting for the in the oversized baggage area. And somebody that I had worked with on a board years ago, like like 12 years ago ish. I just at the sort of at the end of my time at Boom, I was still on this board of a young people's theater here in Toronto. And, and you know, when you see people out of context, sometimes and I'm sure this has happened to you too, where you don't remember them right away because it's out of context. Oh, yeah. But but this is somebody that I knew pretty well for six years. Anyway, I was waiting for my clubs to come out of that oversized area, and I turn around, and she goes, Howard? And just for a second, I wasn't sure who she was, and then I got it. Like I was like, oh, yeah. But for a second there, I'm like, if I hadn't come up with her name, it would have been beyond weird and rude but uh Mm -hmm. but my first instincts was you know hearing your name you think it's somebody that knows you from the show or yeah again why did you join that board most people join boards for ulterior motives it helps them in business and some other (laughs) angle or level so what what was your angle (laughs) you know my angle i know i forget what it was fucking billionaire made me Oh, a billionaire made you. The billionaire. The guy we worked for. 
Oh, was it him? Yes, it was his wife's board. I mean, listen, it ended up being a great experience, but he just pulled oh. me aside one day and said, um, you know, she's stepping down as president. I want you to do it. And I was like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> six years. Were you, when, what six years, though? Um, 2005 to 2011. But you weren't even working for him then, were you? I was in 2005, remember? Oh. You and left. You kept doing it. You well, kept doing it for six years. Well, here's the thing. I, so for the last year I was there before he fired me, I was on the board. And then um, I just had made the commitment to two three-year terms. Three years apiece. And, and did it anyway. But uh, anyway, back to the fact that I recognized her in the next second. I was so happy because for a split second there, I had no idea. It was so out of context. The same thing happened to me. That there's a person at a store who now works. She now works at this store, and I know I spent a lot of time talking to her somewhere along the line, and I still can't figure out where it's from. Well, and I just, if it was I, a I've store, got the courage. If it was a store, you probably spent a lot of time complaining to her <laughs> about the store. Yeah, could be. I can figure that one out. Was, was she the manager of the store, Dan? Because that would explain everything. I don't know. It could have been the, whatever store she was part of. I just really have, I can see her face right now and can't uh, attach it to where I originally got to know her. I don't know where it is. It was probably, it was obvi- obviously. Well, Dan, you've had a, then. you had your birthday while we were on vacation. And now that you've acknowledged how incredibly old you've become, I mean, these are. <laughs> Yeah. These things will happen. That's right. You know, I, I'm just not going to worry about that kind of thing. That's what mm-hmm. older people do, right? Just, yeah. Ah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those uh, those moments can be embarrassing. There's no about, uh, no doubt about that. Mm. How have you, uh, Freddie, how have you transitioned back to uh, pants and socks? Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I didn't wear long pants the whole time I I took long pants to San Miguel because I thought you know cool mornings cool evenings but no I never needed them I was in shorts the whole time so I uh, when I got up Thursday morning to travel to the airport I put on my doers and uh, mm-hmm. nice comfortable travel pants and uh, I've been in pants ever since hey, you know fine yeah it's weird I was uh, I left here I, I you know put on a pair of shorts on the 28th of January and same with me on Saturday to travel I put on pants for the first time and then it, it's not that it's weird it's just like like to this morning I got up I'm like okay I wear pants now mm-hmm. what pants do I wear because when you're wearing shorts all the time it's just it seems like it's um and I wore you know I didn't change my shorts every day and especially hanging around the condo i wore sort of gym shorts and it was just easy plus you're never wearing socks no you know it's something isn't it uh in a place like san miguel every day like it must be great to plan something in san miguel like you can plan a wedding a picnic a family get together and just know it's going to be sunny and pleasant and then up here, you can never even, you can't do that, even in the summer. You, you just never know what the weather's going to be like. And it's, it was just interesting for a whole straight month of, you know, 28, 29 degrees, sunny and beautiful. And then just since Thursday, the mixed bag of weather here, like, it's just, it was beautiful on Thursday when I got here. And then Friday was pleasant. And then Saturday turned miserable and 
today looks okay, but yeah, today looks great actually. All over the place, man. Yeah. All over the place. Well, this is April. I call it the big lie of April is that, you know, we've gone through this winter and, and uh, you know, and again, we, we got to miss the the worst of the winter. But, you know, traditionally, you get to March and you think, okay, well, that's over with. And then April comes up. Surely it's going to be great. And then you have days where it's going to be 14 today and then was like minus five yesterday at some point. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. I'm, I, I'm overall. I got to tell you, I'm happy to be home. I said that to Fred Dan before I, you know, before we hit, hit record. I really am. I, I slept. I've slept so well the last couple of nights, sleeping in your own bed. You know, just being familiar with your surroundings. You know, little things like the condo I was staying in, the apartment, like the water pressure wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. So you know, you could you could even just washing dishes because there was no dishwasher. Little things like that, like. I know it seems silly, but I sort of like everything yeah. works here. You know what? I don't want to say it because too many people say it nowadays. First world problems, but it is interesting, isn't it? Well, yeah, for sure. It's what you get used to. Uh, yeah, that I totally agree. Although where I was was I have no complaints whatsoever. Water pressure. Well, Water you were in an upscale. I was in a construction zone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you we were in an upscale. <laughs> What's that, Dad? You get good deals that way. Oh yeah, it was, my place was just completely. That was so funny. Um, but yeah, Fred's was yeah. Yours was a bit more modern, a bit more complete. I liked your place. Now, my place was yeah. fine. Yeah, I did too. Um, I uh, highly recommend my place. Uh. It was. It was great. It was a great place. And the transportation uh, access was just amazing where we were. That's what I said. You know, you had got a car, but where I was, it was like it was unbelievable, like a four or five minute walk to the main road there. And there was a bus like every seven minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it was, like just constantly coming. And for eight pesos, you could get on this bus with the locals and go into town which was just a seven or eight minute drive so i mean you where i was you could be there for months on end and not have to have a car and have access to the town like whenever you want it was uh was pretty good yeah i was just sort of laughing about you you, because when you start talking about your transportation you know like when when somebody comes and picks you up and takes you places that's pretty good yeah (laughs) (laughs) um which i didn't mind i like driving up to your place i had this i had uh the first few weeks i was there i had a 1998 honda with two hundred and fifty-seven thousand miles on it not kilometers and i like driving around so then the second week the last week i should say i had this uh you know 2000 ish jeep with two hundred and seven thousand kilometers on it and i would drive up to get fred and take him places We, we, we did a few things together i like driving around the place um i wouldn't I didn't really drive around the Centro very much because the streets are very narrow and it's hard to find yeah. parking. But well, there's no, there's no reason to. No, I know. Was this you a know, Jeep I mean, with no even, doors and stuff? <laughs> That's right. No, no doors, doors, dirt floors. Dan, but how did you become so anti-Mexican? No matter where you go, it's like 70 or 80 pesos, so you flip the guy 100, and that's like yeah. $7, no matter where you want to go. No, that's right. Like... A cab in Toronto, as soon as you get in, isn't it seven bucks on the thing or something? Like immediately or? I haven't been in a cab in Toronto in years, but Uber, you know, anywhere you go around the city, whether, yeah, I mean, it starts off at a a flat rate. 
so it's like for like and then you get four people in a cab you give the guy seven bucks and it's like for a buck something you're going wherever you want it's really remarkable from that standpoint i don't know did fred did something happen in dan in mazatlan that it became so anti-mexican were you were you taken by the cartel how is Dan Duran? How are you? Like, I, I came home here, and Dan's been living in my house for uh, quite some time. And, uh, Fred, I was greeted with a series of notes that I found highly amusing. There were little notes about the beans in the coffee machine. There was notes about uh, a couple other items. There was a note. Fred just, I got upstairs, and the note just said, this is a note just for note's sake. <laughs> you know, Dan Duran's quirky sense of humor was quite a greeting for me. When I came home and he had little notes about where things were and uh, something about the uh, dryer hose needed to be repaired. But I I, I will tell you that it put a smile on my face and uh, I thank him uh, very much. It was very welcoming, Dan. Well, thank you. I love creative Dan. Oh, creative Dan is something else. Creative Dan. When Dan's being creative, he's not, you know, angry and chewing somebody (laughs) up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, when Dan's being creative, he's not all anti-Mexican and yeah. and such. Um, but yeah, man, it was great to come home and uh, and as I said, I you know the the bed I had at the uh, construction condo, you know, it was fine, a little firm for me, and same with the pillow. But when you when you get into your own bed after all these months, and uh, as you both know, I don't sleep that great. I, I honestly, the last couple of nights have been great and. And just being around your own stuff again, you know, it took me a while to kind of find things, but because uh, Dan, there's Dan's organized some things here, you know, oh, has he? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. They just can't have the same thing, you know, dispersed everywhere <laughs> no, in the house. If it's a tool, it should be with the tool. Oh, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> As an example. Hey, let's just underline that again, because I, I keep I, I forgot exactly, Dan, uh, just, you know, uh, about you. You know, as a consumer and having certain levels and standards and voicing mm-hmm. your opinion on them. How close did you come to being arrested on that plane? <laughs> <laughs> no, run that uh, by us again, because the, the stewardess had, or the, the flight attendant had to say something to you about, sir, like, keep it down. Like, just yeah, run she that said, I think she again. said you've been rude since this conversation began. No, she, I, I was yelling at her. Uh, yelling. I yeah, wasn't, but, but it was like uh, a way of... Uh, escalating the situation <laughs> for her uh, to like, okay, well, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to lie about what your situation is, uh, and we're going to get you kicked off the plane. I, and all I could see was, you know, that's whoa, whoa, whoa. what I shut she up. She didn't but. say that to you. You're, yeah, you're, she did. She said, "I'm going to lie about your behavior to get you kicked off." Oh no, no. I, she said, "I, you've been yelling since you got on the plane, right?" Which was not even close to true yeah but fred how do you describe it when dan gets uh indignant he gets choppy and his words become yeah. very he starts talking like this. <laughs> he gets mad i didn't do making that his point <laughs> he does. yeah anyway. so you didn't get into choppy, choppy i didn't dan. get choppy no yeah. i was i was uh oh, i bet you did so get back to the thing she you said she was lying about or he she said you were gonna she was going to lie and get you kicked off the plane that's what you're yeah. you surmised that i really want to well, feel uh, i want to feel for how tense this was this oh i see well i don't know why we're going here all again well as for people who haven't followed this story in the past we were getting on the plane coming back from mexico onto whatever the delta or whatever the plane was and we was in dallas uh and uh, dallas Fort Worth. We got onto the plane and everybody's carrying a luggage and 
the cutoff point was me. I was the first person, along with Lisa, that we all of a sudden had to check our baggage. And my issue was, well, I got a bunch of stuff in the bag, like my, all the stuff for the radio show, mm. right? the, the, my computer and everything else. And so I had to check this carry. Like Lisa happened to have a big, uh, you know, purse thing that she carries. So I managed to get some of that in there and ended up forgetting stuff in there. And in the meantime, I'm saying, well, like, why, why is this? happening right now i mean can you just check or whatever and it was like because uh, my my point was is that we're uh at that particular point is like will it be a bag check like a gate check so it wouldn't like if it's a gate check when you arrive <clears throat> in your destination they bring the bag back up to the the uh, entrance of the plane as opposed to waiting for it in the baggage carousel which i was terrified out about because it was toronto and so I was just, I, I had uh, this conversation with her before, and then I, I realized I had forgotten something, uh, and then I wanted to talk to her about this whole bag check idea. And I got up there, and then she was, that's, she was having none of it, and that's what she said. I can tell, I can, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the pilot that, that you've been yelling at me since you got on this airplane. I said that, she, she said that, I'm going to tell the that. pilot. Yeah, I get, get the pilot to uh, to get in on this as well, or whatever. So whenever that point was, it's like, okay, I, I'm going to stop now because I'll yeah, good pick idea. It up on another mm. yeah, good idea. Yeah. yeah, that's when 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 somebody threatens to tell the pilot, that's when you have to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, Dan, I yeah. just feel bad that I wasn't traveling with you because I'm always the cutoff person. See, I'm. I'm oh always, yeah, I'm always. So the I could have gone in, and you would have been the guy. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. cutoff, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. always that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so you're saying that counter that behavior, choppy, angry Dan, mm. with uh, creative Dan, who leaves funny little notes all over the house. Yeah. Is that what you were juxtaposing? The, the two sides of Dan Duran? Is yeah, the two sides. Hey, that flight attendant, you should have left her nice little notes. Like, just handed <laughs> <laughs> them to her. Maybe said, she yeah, would have. Just a series of notes. I can't speak, but here are some notes that you might find amusing. <laughs> And you know yeah. the old thing, you get more bees with honey. Mm. The minute, right. you know, she gets her back up, you're done. She's in charge, man. It's not a democracy on those planes. Forget it. And you know the story of the sun and the wind trying to, having a contest to see if they can get the old man to take off his coat. Well, the wind, all the wind did was blow and blow and blow. And the man, you know, hugged the coat tighter to him, Dan. All you needed to do is uh, the wind. And then the sun wrote the man a funny note. <laughs> he took off his jacket. Wouldn't wouldn't I'm that be something? The story this way. What's that, Frank? Wouldn't that, be, would, wouldn't that be something though? If Dan was in the clink there in Dallas Fort Worth right now. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> another oh, yeah. country within another country. Yeah, no kidding. Mm. Um. Well, uh, are you going to be able to stick around and do the news and things, or you have to go off? And uh, what is your are you are you available today? I don't even know your yeah, schedule. No, I'm, uh, I'm ready to do a little bit of news here. All so right. I mean, I'm not ready. I got to go get ready. Oh well, but, okay. Before you go, then I just wanted to bring up this subject of uh, weight gain because up to, up up until the 20th of January, I had gone a long time without missing a weigh in, and. Uh, I weighed myself Sunday morning. I guess Saturday night. Got home Sunday morning, and uh, I'd, uh, I'm up a few pounds. I'm up like uh, four ish, five pounds. What about you, uh, Frederick? Three. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow! With all that walking and pickleballing and stuff, you guys. Huh. <sighs> a little bit yeah. all. Yeah, I didn't. I walked I a lot. lot. I got a lot more exercise when I was in uh, 
<clears throat> Dominican than I did Mexico. Well, that's funny you bring that up to you because I walked uh, quite a bit the last couple of weeks. Like, you know, I played I played a little bit of golf when I was there. And, um, you know, that's 10 or 11, 12,000 steps each each round. But what happened was for a while there, the first few weeks, you know, I was having a bit of an issue with my stomach. So I wasn't eating a lot. And then as soon as my stomach cleared up the last couple of weeks, that's when I, I'm pretty sure I gained most of that four-ish, five pounds in the last few weeks, Freddie, because prior to that, I thought I'd lost some weight. Like, I felt like I was a little bit low. But, uh, man, I made up for it. God, I had some great meals the last week, especially. Like, a lot so of was great it vol- meals. Was it volume for you, or was it just... Uh, oh, total uh, volume, dude. Dollars. Huge volume. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I sort of, like I said, there was a few weeks there, like 10 days, 12 days, where I wasn't eating very much. Mm-hmm. Um. But I'm okay. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I didn't feel like my stuff wasn't fitting. I just hadn't gained weight in such a long time. Right. I'm just wondering, the people listening, how interested they are in our our weight gain. You know, I mean, this is probably a better segment than uh, heart rate, um, weight gain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think we got uh, our heart rate segment and we got we, our weight We stopped gain. the heart rate segment, which is too bad because I've got some no. great heart rate. <laughs> Some great heart rate information. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> so maybe weight gate has a little more depth to it, a little more. <laughs> well, you know, considering a sexier, considering how much we've talked about <laughs> weight gain and gaining weight in Noom for uh, going on a year and a half, it's certainly at least in the uh, in our wheelhouse. But what is your heart rate? rate? Okay, yeah, it was a it was a fascinating, um, yeah, segment. Uh, you know, what is your heart rate now? I'm just doing it. I'm gonna see. Uh, come on, baby. Come on, Health Gauge. 68. 62. Oh, you're almost dead. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> no, wait a second. 64. 65. 66. 67. 68. 69. Coming out of hyd- hydrate, uh, hibernation. There we go. <clears throat> you know, for the uh, five weeks I was there, at 6,000 feet elevation, my uh, my heart rate was uh, way higher than it is here. Way higher. Like, you know, there were days when it was in the 80s. And it's never like that here unless I'm doing something. I, uh, I didn't notice it that much. We had this uh, system where we would walk into town. It was about 30 minutes. And it was all downhill. Quite mm. significant. Mm. But we never walked home uphill. <laughs> Because it would have just been punishing and aggravating. So it was a great little system. Although I notice my <laughs> knees going downhill yes. hurt more than they do when I'm going uphill. Why is that? Fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would constantly, I oh. charted my heart rate as I walked into the oh, city. Did you? Would, you, would you like to see the chart? <laughs> no, and could you also um, uh, put that up against the weight gained or lost during... <laughs> Yeah, during the walks. Screen share all that stuff. That's right. Screen, well, let's put that up on the Facebook and we'll have a chart. Yeah. Uh, Dan Duran's news, uh, half hour ish or so from now, we'll have Dan come back. And then uh, we've got a really interesting interview at the end of the program that uh, we'd like you to stick around for. We're when gonna... Dan does his news, too, I have this tragic, tragic story. Like, it's unbelievable. You may have heard it, and I'm not going to give it away now, but it's just like an unbelievable story. 
Can you not tease it in any way, shape, or form? Is there nothing? No, I don't want to. No, I just, you know, I want to pull the listeners through the next quarter round. Um, Well, let me just mention that the uh, CEO, uh, Benji Katchen of Oahe, will be with us. Find out what is Oahe at the end of this program. In the the meantime, in the meantime, find out about this important information, Frederick. Uh, Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, Mm -hmm. casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Uh, the NCAA Basketball Championship is tonight. I know that's big uh, That's big for a lot of people, a lot of wagering, a lot of brackets, a, a lot of uh, betting on this uh, tournament every year. Connecticut, the favorite tonight, minus 380 against San Diego State. So UConn, uh, minus three, 380 against San Diego State. There you have it. Bodog. I want to come back to the uh, final four in a second. But first, let me tell you about Aaron Ventures. Uh, now Boron One. That's the, uh, they've changed their name, but you can still find out about Aaron Ventures. An emerging international junior mining and exploration company. They're uh, they're getting boron out of the ground. It's uh, all over the planet. There's very there's only like five places on Earth that are commercially viable, and this is one of them. It really is. Get your Sherpa. Get the Sherpa to uh, check out AaronVentures.com. The company is uh, their objective is to increase its mineral reserves by developing current properties, and as I say, one of them is the acquisition of additional mining projects related to Boron. Boron 1 is the new name, but you can still find out more at AaronVentures.com. Are you hearing what I'm playing here, by the way? Yeah, Steely Dan. No, but Home at Last, you see, I've tied it in. All right. Nice. So, um, something's going to happen tonight. Uh, This is the Final Four, as you mentioned it. And you know I'm a big fan of this guy, Jim Nance. He yes. uh, does the NFL for CBS with uh, Tony Romo. Mm-hmm. And for uh, many years has been the banker, voice, or whatever, of the Final Four. And interestingly enough, I mean, the guy is just super pro. But he'll go from the Final Four, as he has now for 30 or 40 years, and then the next week, this week starting, he'll broadcast the Masters. And uh, did you hear the story that this is going to be his final uh, final week? Tonight's his final final four, and this Sunday will be his final Masters broadcast. Why? This is a question I was asking because he's not that old. I mean, he's mid mid sixties, late sixties, or whatever. But um, yeah, I heard that last week. Somebody I saw it online, and somebody mentioned it to me. That is that his choice, or CBS? I think so. I think so. Wow. But think about that. Final four, NFL. I, I, and I'm, I'm not 100% sure on the NFL, but I think he's retiring in general. So NFL, final four, and the Masters, all part of his life for the last uh, 30 or 40 years. He's still sharp. He's vibrant. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't, that I don't understand. I'll have to look into that. I didn't know that, that, uh, I didn't know, about, uh, I didn't know about that. I'm surprised. I was surprised too. And I, and one of the questions I was going to ask you, not that you needed to know any background, but 
who like I can't think of anybody in the golf world in terms of an announcer like is ready to step in and take his place because they just replaced his partner of like 25 years, Nick Faldo. He was replaced this 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 season. He retired. But in the NFL world of broadcasters, like is there somebody that comes to mind for you? No. Honestly, no. I you know, I don't You know, I grew up in the era of Vin Scully and uh you know and uh, anyway, I can't think of the guy that played football and then for years was the play-by-play guy and uh you know jim nance and i don't really notice a lot of the new breed Mm -hmm. to be honest joe buck i notice i guess uh you know he works with uh troy aikman i think uh but no honestly i don't know howard uh same with me i mean i i couldn't name I know there's like there's a the, the only other guy I know beside Nance that's sort of the lead announcer. Well, there's a couple. One is Dan Hicks from NBC. Right. <clears throat> that old guy I was trying to think of was Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall like. also did some golf back when we were younger. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, those sort of institution guys. And then the guy that was wore woman's underwear. What was his name? Al Michaels. No, that no, was an no. Al. Oh, Al Michaels. He'd be good. Uh, no, no, Al um, Michaels. No, who's uh, Merv? Uh, Marv Albert. Marv Albert. Yeah. <laughs> his, his son is one of the new breed, although probably my age. But um, yeah, Al Michaels would be great. He's ABC, though. But he's got to be close to thinking about packing it in. Al Michaels has got to be as, at least as old as Jim Nance. Yeah. And, uh, of course, this is the Masters week. It's a big week for, uh, you know, the first major, blah, 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 golf. But uh, I just want to mention the Canadian did something yesterday on the PGA Tour. Corey Connors from, I think he's from Listowel. List, is that how you pronounce it? List- yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, for his second PGA victory, he's won the same tournament now twice. He won it in 2019 and now in 2023. And for the first time... I think in the history of the PGA Tour, there are three Canadian winners in the same year. Hmm. There have been Canadians that have won multiple times. I think a couple, Mike Weir being the one that comes to mind, of course, Brooke Henderson. But this is the first time on the men's tour that we've had three Canadians having won in the same season. And this is a great kid, too. It's a great kid, Corey Connors. Um, and all of those guys will be Adam Hadwin, uh, Nick Taylor, Mackenzie Hughes. There's a bunch of Canadians now that are sort of in their mid to late 20s that are really, really good. And, and they're all going to be in the Masters this week, which will make it nice. I also read that um, he, Stephen Ames, and Mike Ware all have won PGA, the same PGA tournament twice. That's right, yeah. Just a quirky little thing. So, um, again... Is Tiger playing in the Masters? Yes, Tiger's playing. Tiger's playing. Tiger's playing, but has no chance to win. Ask the, so, you're wondering, who, do, who does the Howl man want to win? I'll tell you who. Uh, young uh, Rory McIlroy. I, uh, I like him. He's a good kid. 
And uh, the reason it will be significant if he wins, he'll become only the sixth man in uh, tour history to win the career Grand Slam. He's won the U.S. Open, the PGA, and the uh, British Open, or the Open Championship. But he's never won the Masters. He's come close, and he's sort of like the fan sentimental favorite. Probably, he's won the top three or four players on, the, on earth and uh, has never won it. So I'm going to be cheering for him. And the Canadians, of course. Hmm. Um, switching to your sport, I've been uh, curious, uh, where are we at? When did the playoffs start? When do I get to start watching the Leafs again? Uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, like a couple of weeks from now. They, I think the Leafs have six games, seven games left. Last night they lost to um, Detroit 5-2. to two. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> I love hearing. I, I, again, I just I'm love not. hearing the resignation in your voice. Yeah, well, I, can, <laughs> I sound like a broken record. That team with that goaltending is going nowhere in the playoffs. And who are they likely to face in the first round? At first, well, I should, I'm sorry, the first and only round. It's already a done deal at Tampa. Tampa. Okay, Bay they know that. So even last night. Uh, uh, Sheldon Keefe, the coach, held a couple of players out. He's getting into some load management. So, what does that score mean? doesn't matter. But you know, it, again, I I, I don't want to be. It's tough to be so negative when you love a team so much. But it's just amazing. This you know that core four they have at forty million dollars. Just go down the list. <laughs> if you're a hockey fan, just go down the list of NHL teams this year and see how many teams have scored more goals than the Maple Leafs. Like it's unbelievable. Like even the Seattle Kraken last time I looked, and all these, they're not scoring goals either. That's the problem. Like you see, the Bruins will beat somebody seven two, seven three, seven one, or they never have a game where they load up on the goals, and that's an issue because when they play Tampa Bay, um, Matthews and Marners will be neutralized, and they don't have anybody else that can score, and they have shitty goaltending. So, um, I don't know. You can't win the Stanley Cup that way. Sorry. Well, when we were watching the game together, which I found uh, fun, exciting, and that was that game where they had, like, it went to the ninth round of the shootout. Yeah. I think you said it that night that this team, that, that team that we were watching couldn't, couldn't win the Stanley Cup. By the way, getting no. back, but to, I, I think I can understand, I think I could guess what load management is, but uh, um, does that mean what you're, you're you're sort of saving some of your better players? Is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you call it load management? It seems a bit. Well, that's just a new sports term. We started hearing that in Toronto back in 2019 with Kawhi Leonard. Remember, uh, it was called load management, where they would hold him out of a lot of games, think, okay. looking towards the playoffs so he would be fresher. Uh, I get it, but. You know, it's oh, it's so multidimensional when you're talking about pro sports. So here I am. Here you are last night. You spend three, four, five hundred dollars for a leaf ticket, and then you get to the game and find out that a few players are being held out for load management. Mm-hmm. How is that fair to the fans? And it wasn't Matthews and Marners, and it was Giordano and a couple of other guys. But still, you know, if they're smart down the stretch, they might hold uh, Austin Matthews out for a couple of games or. Mitch Marner, and then do it on the road. But even that's not fair to the ticket buyer. So 
that that's the whole issue with load management nowadays. The NBA, it's gone over the top with load, what they call load management. And it's just not fair. People buy tickets, then they get there and find out the big stars aren't playing tonight because they need a rest. No, that's a good point. And, but, I mean, yeah. at the same time, if you're, if you're a fan of the team and you want, maybe you'd want some load management. Um, yeah. Because it, when it saves your better players for a, a longer run in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, speaking of sports, have you been uh, keeping up on Ted Lasso? Uh, yeah, I, I've, I saw the first. There's been three episodes. The, no, I've seen the first two. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Because, uh, you know, the team Richmond, mm-hmm. uh, they've signed a new player. Yes. <laughs> it's a pretty interesting wrinkle. Um, and this is the last season. There's only going to be three seasons. And, uh, you know, it's always a bit dicey when a show introduces such a bizarre character. Like, almost like if you, you worry because it might might jump the shark a little bit. But it's such a... He's fit in so quirkily because yeah. the show's so quirky. Mm-hmm. But I, I've loved it. I, uh, I watched the third episode... I just remembered it. I think it was a couple nights ago I watched it. It was very good. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, I don't know how many episodes they do in a season, 10, 12, or whatever, but uh, it's it's kind of shaping up to uh, be a great, like, Richmond's finally going to have a star player that can help them win. And Ted Lasso, you know, the character's great. And and then the evil guy, the guy that used to work with Ted, who, be, who became the Nick or whatever. It's, it's a pretty good little, pretty good little group they've got there. The only thing I was thinking, I just given the texture of that show and what it's all about, I can't. Do you really think it will end with Richmond winning something? I don't think so. No, either do I. Yeah, I don't think it's that, just not that. It's not what it, it's not a Disney thing. Exactly. You know? <laughs> That's a great point. I, I as much and I'll, I don't want to give too much away from the third episode, but just say that guy Sasso or whatever the character's name has made an impact on the team. They're having their best season, certainly since Ted's taken over. Although the funny thing to me is that Ted still doesn't really understand the game. Like the other coach is always explaining right. shit to him, which I like. So it, I think you're right. Like it would, it would be too sappy, saccharine and whatever if they were to win the championship. That's not, you're right. It's not what it's all about. But I do want, I do want her, Rebecca, the tall smoking owner. I do <laughs> want her to beat her husband's team. Yes. Because he's a dick. And Nick, yeah, that, of course, is the bad guy. The, that might be the pinnacle. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, and another thing you recommend, not that you didn't recommend Ted Lasso, but another thing that you had recommended to me, I finally saw, and I've been waiting to talk about it with you, because I found it entertaining, but very odd, and a very interesting movie. I finally saw... The Banshees of Isherin. Mm-hmm. And while I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, I gotta, I can't wait to talk to the Fredman about this because it's not. I'll tell you the first thing. My my first impression, not what I expected. Second impression, yeah. it's the best thing I've ever seen Colin Farrell in. Mm-hmm. He's so good in it, and the just the whole sweetness of it, and the this. I think I was trying to remember what you had said about it, like. It's a small film. It's not a big movie. And it's easy to follow. And, and But I was just left... When it was over, I was like, 
It was just weird. Not weird. Huh? Yeah. Oh, I get it. So, well, think about it. The whole movie's about the guy. He doesn't want to be my friend. <laughs> he doesn't want to be his buddy. Like, to the and that that's what I found so fascinating about it. But honestly, it's probably now in my top ten of favorite movies of all time. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. So Loved for it. listen, if you haven't seen it, you know um, <clears throat> this is going to be a spoiler alert. But the fact is, it's about these two friends. One friend doesn't want to be his friend anymore to the mm-hmm. point where he fucking mutilates himself to make a yeah. point. Yeah. But just think about while I watch as that movie's unfolding, I'm going, holy cow, that's what this movie is about. Yeah, and I just and I found it just so interesting. And I don't even know what the word is. And again, it comes on the heel. Well, no, it didn't come on the heels. I had seen it before that thing that won best picture. Maybe part of my love for this film was my disdain for the one that won only because i just thought this film was a lot just better like it's a like a story a movie uh great actors i don't know it's like everything else subjective right and i just it it just sat well with me i loved it well i didn't hate the other one as much as you did and i'm just being honest i I actually ended because i told the story of everything everyone um, where all Mm -hmm. at once and and at first i gave it 12 minutes and turned it off and then Mm -hmm. you know xgfr said you know give it a shot and and in the end i didn't mind it i didn't know that it was the best movie picture or whatever but but i didn't know what to expect Uh, i watched it on the plane the banshees of isherin and as soon as I saw it as an option, I'm like, I'm going to do this. This is a perfect time to watch a movie like this. But I got to be honest with you. When I got the premise of it, I just thought it was so odd. Like, what a quirky story. I'd say. But, but, but a beautifully, like, the, 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 the sister character, the, young, the other young man character whose dad's a dick and he's the constable. And, and then at first you're not sure, like, when is this set? And then you realize it's set in the 1920s and Ireland and there's a civil war going on against it. It's a lot of stuff going on. But just generally, plus the other thing I noticed, too, just a, a quirky side note. Everyone walks everywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, what about that? The guy lives in a house with his sister and they in the same bedroom in single beds. In single beds in a one room in a basically a, a, a small home. Yeah, it was hey, very don't get me wrong about everything everywhere and all that. that. Like, great, super. Like, if you like that type of thing, what just annoyed me is that it won Best Picture. And again, it's subjective, but I can go down that list. Like, you're not going to tell me that's that's a better movie than The Fablemans. Or, like, you're, I'm sorry. To you. But to to in, me. To that's you, exactly. Thing. Yeah. So I, I get annoyed with stuff like that. And again, yeah, I'd love to, you know, the old line, 10 people up who have seen all those movies and ask them how many would choose that as their top pick. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I just think every so often the Academy grabs one of those pictures to, I don't know, to say, hey, we're smarter than the rest of you. Well, and, may, and maybe, know. but also like the woman that starred in that movie and some of the other people in that movie have been around Hollywood a long time. I can't remember her name. She's a she's there's a lot of sentimentality, I think, mm-hmm. because of her 
uh, her background and her years of you know service to the industry. Um, mm-hmm. I want to oh, talk. By the way, yes. did, have you seen the whale? Yes. <laughs> I can see now. There, I can see why a guy wins an Academy Award. <laughs> yeah, that was unbelievable. Oh, it's just unbelievable. However, on that, you know, this thing we're in nowadays, where you know a white person can't play an Asian person, and yes. uh, a gay person or a straight person can't play a gay person. I, did, was it ever raised why a, an obese person didn't play that role? I don't know. <laughs> that you know, that actually went through my mind. Do you know that there's, there's got to be an obese person? There's got to be a fat person who can do this. Um, I found that movie. I don't even know what category it would be in. Like, it's not entertaining. It's fascinating. Disturbing. Disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, disturbing and also fascinating in the fact that he wasn't, they didn't put him in a fat suit. A lot of that. Yeah. I think we talked about this on the show. That was, di- yes. that was digitally done. But I don't really, I, I don't know much about how acting is done, but I can tell you that you can see that guy did some good acting. You know, like Christ. <laughs> Although I'll tell you the point, you know, when he gets the bucket of chicken and he starts eating the chicken, I'm thinking, that's the way I eat. That's <laughs> right. That's how and we there was, eat. There was grease all over the side of his oh, cheek yeah. and he was drooling a bit. I'm thinking, oh, Jesus, that's the way I eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. You know, when that that is that there's that scene when he you get to see how he really eats you know, the chicken and all the other stuff. and. In the meatball subs. The meatball subs. And, I got uh, you two meatball subs. Mm. <laughs> By the way, speaking of eating, that, that, so I had my sort of last meal in San Miguel Thursday night at a place that you had, well, I'd been before and you'd been there. But when I had been there before, I didn't have this particular dish and it's a pork shank with mashed potatoes and sauerkraut. And the shank is the size of a small baby. And, uh, I took a picture of it, and then I took a picture of how I had eaten everything off it, and I sent it to you. <laughs> yes. And your note to me made me laugh. You're like, I think you missed a piece. I, I was going to sit back and go, no, no, I didn't. I ate everything. I, that's why I, I, I was sort of talking about gaining weight. Like, I sort of got my appetite back about a week and a half ago. And, like, that's a lot of food. That amount, that that pork shank, seriously, was that's a that's a lot of food to eat. By the way, I also had an appetizer. Yeah, what? I knew you were going to ask me. I'd forgotten. So why'd you bring it up? Because I knew I to tell you how much I ate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I see. Forgot. Oh. I forgot what I had. I think I, I thought you were going to say, "Oh, and I had the appetizer." What was it? Oh, it was the. Um, you know what? I think it was. Uh, they had this tuna tartare. I had that. Oh. Like a, almost like a sushi type of thing, but all chopped up really fine. You know, um, I hit restaurant walls pretty quickly and you're there a month, you know, you go out a couple of nights and then you take a few nights off. But the last week, you know, because of groceries and stuff, you're eating out more. I really hit the wall and I didn't have much of an appetite the last few days not that i don't finish my meals and stuff but it's not like you know when you sit down to a meal and you're really hungry Mm -hmm. oh yeah i i really didn't have that feeling but since i've got home like it's i'm just hungry all the time like i (laughs) seriously i can't even explain it 
It's like I'm totally back to normal now, and it's yeah. like I've got to watch what I'm doing here because I'm sort of the opposite. Like I, I, like I said, I wasn't feeling for the first few weeks I was there. I didn't eat a lot. And then the last week and a half, I made up for it. But since I've been home last couple of days, I can sort of get back and I have a smoothie and I'm not going to eat as much. And, you know, whatever gain, whatever weight I've gained will, uh, I'm sure, will drop off by the time golf season really starts. Hey, we've got another sports story for everyone. Stick around for a second. But first, Fred's got this story about these fine people. Well, the Chambers Plan, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Howard and I have both been away for the past couple of months, uh, welched away under the security blanket of the Chamber Plan travel uh, option, which is just remarkable. Do yourself a favor. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Find out how this can work for your small company. And, of course, prescriptions and dental, obviously more important. But the travel component is fantastic. Everybody travels, don't they? Uh, Well, most people do. A lot of people do. And uh, it really works well under this plan. Again, you can get a free quote today. There's a badge there. Click on it. Put in the parameters of your small company and see how easily you can become part of the Chambers Plan. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Chamberplan.ca. This program is uh, brought to you by GoDaddy. That's right, powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. You have an idea for a small business or a side hustle? Maybe it's an idea you've been dreaming about and sitting on for a while, or that online store you've been wanting to finally launch and sell your products well. Well, I tell you, there is no better time than now to get it online. You can find your domain, create your website with GoDaddy, and finally bring it to life. With GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 phone support, they're here to help you every step of the way. You can start your website for free today. No credit card is required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. I uh, played a little bit of this band. I think it was uh, the week before last. I can't remember when uh, I asked you if you could recognize who it was, and it was uh, Bono's Kid. Yeah. The band Inhaler. Uh, yesterday, uh, there was uh, there was our, our friend uh, Dan and uh, our other buddy Darren, and you and I were on a uh, I don't know, group chat, I guess, and Darren had put a picture and says, it's been seven years since we had such good fun. Uh, we were at a show at Massey Hall. I'm going to say that was uh, a Steely Dan show. Was it not? Would or you- was it a comedy show? Who did we go see? Oh, maybe not. I no, no, you might be right. Maybe it was a comic. No, I don't remember. I thought it, anyway, it was the four of us, Darren, Dan, Freddie, and I. And, uh, you know, we went back and forth being, you know, nonsensical. Uh, you know, I said something. I said everyone, because we were much, speaking of weight, we were all, both you and I, much bigger then. And um, now nah, some nonsense. I went back and forth. And then, out of nowhere, in this, you know, a bunch of old men trying to be funny, there appears a picture of a young human being, beautiful child, grandchild of uh, Frederick, Johnny Slapshot. Fred interrupts the nonsense to put a picture of Johnny and says, on a nicer note, Johnny Slapshot just won the championship. 
and then it just cleansed the whole group of us. So I'm curious, what, walk me through it. And what was that experience like as his grandfather? Give me, the, give me all the details. Well, it was around Robin over the weekend. They played four games. Uh, that's how they determined the champion. And uh, at the end of the round, Robin, the two teams with the best records and gold differential, however they figured it out, played for the championship. And that was yesterday at um, 4 o'clock. And um, the good guys, the Hurricanes, beat the Predators 7-1. to one. Okay. Now, do you remember I told the story last year? They got to the same game, and they were up 2-1 in the closing seconds, and the other team scored to tie it. And then, like, in the first minute of overtime, they lost it, and how devastating that was. And the kids, you know, some of them were crying in the dressing room after that game and everything. So, again, you know, forward one year, we're in the same situation. I'm nervous all day. Like at 10 o'clock in the morning, they won the game that sort of put them into the championship, which was great. So I'm nervous all day thinking, oh, geez, I hope he wins. I just want to see this kid and his friends, their reaction if they win a championship. To answer your question, I don't remember that story. But then again, I couldn't tell you what my appetizer was. But I do remember that there was some heartbreak around this. Yes. Did the Hurricanes, Johnny's team, did they play the same team in the final? No. Okay. No. Um, so anyway, the game starts at four o'clock and we take a two nothing lead or Johnny's team takes a two nothing lead. The other team scores to make it two one and we're missing all these chances. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be excruciating. But eventually, obviously, by the score, they took over and won. And uh, it was just so cool, you know. Uh, five, four, three, two, one, and they all jumped off the bench and on the goalie and piling yeah. up and throwing their gloves in the air and, and then watching them line up at the blue line and get their medals, uh, their championship medals. It was uh, really, really cool. And I got to tell you, my grandson, who's a quick little, he's a fast skater, and he's just so into every sport. But his dad is the coach and has decided to put him on defense because he skates really well, mm-hmm. which makes so much sense because totally they have a couple of kids up front that score a lot of goals just watching him yesterday and how his dad's worked with him and chipping the puck out and just playing the man perfectly into the boards and then getting the puck behind his net and shooting it up away from the net up around the boards and everything and i, I it was just it was a beautiful thing to watch i really bet it was, was. And again and I'm, you know, this is my grandkid and I'm boasting about him, but just the whole strategy of it, having those two kids up front that can score goals and then Johnny, how, you know, he's a solid little skater and his dad's worked with him from the dis- defensive aspect. It just covered all areas of the game and it was just fun to watch him. Just kids who would have the 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 puck and come over the blue line you just get a stick and poke it off their stick and then grab it and start skating it was uh it was fantastic it well really I, was. I'm, I'm i'm that's why i wanted to hear about it because i want to yeah. sort of live vicariously through you now a t- couple things um so they do allow hitting at this age not real well i don't know if they allow it it doesn't happen uh, okay, you know what I mean. They don't. They're not. They're not out there body checking. And probably not, Howard. Like it, it, they've just. Uh, you know, they've decided to take away fighting in the major junior leagues. Did yeah, you yeah. hear that? I did hear that. So I mean, there's a whole move towards non-violent aspect. It doesn't matter. I, 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 yeah. I don't want to get it. Yeah. No, I don't mind that. I'm just I was curious because mm-hmm. you said he took them into the boards. You know, mm-hmm. um, and how was it? Uh, 
What kind of, uh, maybe I've asked this before, but what kind of uh, f- f- grandpa, dad, fan are you? Because I was always so happy that my dad didn't yell at me during the game because some dads did. And right. I no. used to cringe when I would hear, you know, like my dad would cheer and everything, but my dad never criticized me. No. During a game. I mean, I always got a, a debrief after on the way home, but are you a big yeller? Like, will you? No, no, no. I'll just go. Nice pass, John. Nice pass. Stuff okay. like that. You know, because I just never understood parents that do that, that, that give their kids shit out loud while yeah. they're watching them play. I always thought that was a bit, it made me uncomfortable even as a kid. Well, Howard, I saw four games this weekend and I didn't see any of that. That's good. From anyone. Hmm. It was just encouragement stuff. Even the stuff I say, I like you probably you wouldn't be able to hear me. Like I, I stood with Danny yesterday, and it's like, okay, up the boards, okay, yeah, nice. good one, good one, good one. Like I'm more or less talking to myself. Was Dolly there? Yes, nice. And so, what was Johnny's? Uh, but what see, ha- she, she sits, I stand, I can't sit. Yeah. So, and, and how was uh, these are our games? Uh, uh, three ten minutes stop time. Really? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and so what was Johnny's reaction when he saw you after? Was he all like excited and oh, proud? There's a great oh, picture yeah. you took, by the way. Yeah. No, and I got video of the pile on at the end. And uh, yeah, it's uh, and then him getting his medal and no, a big smile on his face. No. He's, he loves being part of a team like it's. It's interesting to watch him on the ice, too. He's so encouraging with other players. And, you know, he's, uh, yeah, he's a good guy. He is a good guy. And it's a guy like I said, I heard of gold, that kid. It was a great picture. And I didn't realize, like, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, I talked to Doll, you about Johnny when we were away. I asked her how, you know, what that was like. And, you know, was she missing the kids? And, and, but it's been a while. I just remember Dolly and I talking about the last time I saw Johnny, which would have been a year ago last summer so a couple of years have gone by and when you sent the picture to all of us on the stupid old man chat <laughs> i said to myself i'm like shit like this kid's not only growing but his hair is longer now he's like uh he's just gone from like a little kid looking kid to like a young young man almost you can sort of see where he's heading and mm-hmm. you know i so i say this like he's a beautiful kid like he's just stunning like he's a handsome lad yeah, he's got the bow flow. You know what that is? No. That's Bo Bichette of the Blue Jays. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, I do get that. Yes. He wants he, the bow flow. He's and, got uh, it. and he's joining baseball this year because he loves baseball. But I would also be remiss if I didn't notice that young May Arnold is also a significant part of the Georgetown or the Halton Hills Bluefin swim team. Oh, is she? Yes, she is. May May. And she's like a little fish, and she has currently joined Girl Guides. And yesterday, I purchased two boxes of Girl Guide cookies. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is funny. I didn't realize Josh, uh, that's uh, Johnny's dad, Josh Arnold, is he's, he's coaching, eh? Yes, he's the coach. Yeah. He coaches the House League team. But John also played for the select team, and he was called up for the uh, the rep team. He didn't coach those teams. Right. The hockey season's completely over, and uh, yeah, she's going to join join baseball. And uh, May has, as I said, joined Girl Guide, something she wanted to do. You know, it's funny you talked yeah. about Johnny's ability to skate. Um, 
that was my uh, that was my thing when I was a kid. I was a great skater, and and somewhere along my peewee bantam and then midget career, they put me on defense because of my ability to skate because I could. I could skate faster than the people that were coming to to score. I mean, it took me a while to adjust to it, but it's not unusual. Like Bobby Orr was a great skater. Yeah, and you think well, about that's yeah, that's why I thought the strategy was so good. And the thing is, you're the coach, right? So if you're going to take another one of the kids that really skates well mm-hmm. and scores and put them on defense, it might not sit well with the parents. <laughs> Of that kid. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because often in house league and stuff like that, you put the weaker kids on defense. But again, I just thought this strategy was great. And John was on the ice a lot. Yeah. But again, he just knows how to angle kids towards the boards and poke check. And same thing. If there's a breakout, he skates fast so he could catch up to these kids. A few times, he he literally dove at the puck on the kid's uh like the kid would be like 10, 15 feet out from the net and ready to shoot. And John would just like dive onto a right. stick. It's great. But it's an interesting strategy. Again, it's like, you know, it used to be when we were kids, like the good skaters would be the forwards because they were, you know, score goals. And then somewhere along the way, that sort of changed. And uh, it's interesting you said that about him. Dan Duran's coming back here in a second. So uh, let, let me just tell you this. They played four games. Yes. And they never allowed more than one goal a game. Isn't that something? Yeah. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations to uh, and uh, congratulations to the Hurricanes of Georgetown. Uh, mm-hmm. Johnny Slapshot, Dan, did you? Well, Dan was on that that thread um, of the, the four of us, you, Darren, and I, and Fred, and we were going back and forth about all sorts of nonsense before Fred intervened with that beautiful picture of Johnny's championship win. <clears throat> That, that that photo, the expression on Johnny's face was something else. Just that, you know, his, his sort of a sense of pride and happiness and kind of it just it set it all on his face there with that metal hanging around his neck. Well, that was a good oh, yeah. shot. Yeah, it was pretty yep. cool. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, before we get to Dan Duran's news, though, Fred, we still have more business to take care of. Uh, this program is uh, its not happening in a, in a vacuum. I mean, we have support, and some of our support comes from these fine folks. Well, you know, one of the things I like about the spring, Howard, is I know in the next little while I'm going to see the sweet live face of the retirement Sherpa. Yeah. He'll be wandering back into this country and... I'm sure we'll hook up for lunch or golf or something. He's the retirement Sherpa. You know, he's helped so many Humble and Fred listeners with their, you know, their wealth building. Because that's what he does. And he's licensed on both sides of the border. And uh, pretty soon he'll be back in Canada. Again, focusing on this side of the border, but still available to those south of the border. You understand what I'm saying. Mm. He's got a great track record again. Uh, So many Humble and Fred listeners have signed on with the Sherpa, and the results have been fantastic. He's Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. Focusing on making EVs easy and affordable, evrent.ca. It's an incredible experience. We've been talking about them for a while. evnet.ca or evnet.ca slash rent. You can get a Bolt, a Kona, an Outlander, a Nissan Leaf, or a Tesla Model 3. And, you know, it really is unique in so many aspects. If you were to buy one of these cars, you know, they take you for a test drive and that's it. I mean, going from 
Internal combustion to electric is a bit of a transition. And that's why EVNet has recognized, you know, it's, it's not... It's not just like going to a different car. They, they give you a chance to drive it for a day, for a weekend, for a week. You can actually rent the vehicle you might be interested in first and see how it fits your lifestyle. They educate clients about the EV expectations and compare various models. The entire team takes pride in driving and learning all the features of these highly technical vehicles, but easily understood you'll make the transition and that's why this is such a unique opportunity evnet.ca that's evnet.ca uh, speaking of our children i got to uh, gather with my uh, daughters uh, and uh, ex-wife came over last night for just a great evening you know one of the things i didn't have in the 9 weeks away i think i had a, a version of it like i had you know that place, uh, the city market, like the grocery store? Mm-hmm. Again, on your recommend, I ate lunch there one day because they have it's a pretty fancy store. Mm-hmm. And I had like um, a little tuna bowl, like a bit of like raw fish and rice. It was great, but I hadn't had like actual sushi for the entire time I was gone. So I had some last night. It was great. And the kids were over and we had just a big, it was so much fun. I sort of... I don't know what you're like with your... I'm sure I know. I shouldn't say. I know what you're like with your kids and your grandkids. Like You're like me. I'm like, you know, I like to give them hugs and kiss them. And, you know, I'm pretty affectionate. And I sort of warn both of them because sometimes they get like, eh, daddy. And I said, listen, you two, just so you know, I'm going to be giving you lots of hugs and kisses. So just get ready for it. Don't give me that. Eh. So that was great. But, uh, of course, they asked me and you asked me before the show, what was the reunion like with Stan? Who I had not seen in nine weeks, so I'm pretty sure was convinced I was dead. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, what is a dog to think? Like, he's at my buddy Paul's farm, north of you there, Fred, in, uh, I guess, what is that area, Caledon? And uh, for the first week, Paul would say, you know, Stan kind of looked around like, "When's, uh, when's Pops coming to get me? And then, you know, as the weeks wear on, you know, Stan's not looking for me anymore. He's having a great time out there. Lots of other dogs to play with. And there's snowmobile trails and he's running around all day. And it's pretty great for a dog. But as Paul pulled into the, you know, my area here, I was waiting outside and Stan saw me and started to bark in the car. And then when he got out of the car, he greeted me like he greets you and Dave. He just ran up me. And was was really sweet. He was crying. Like he was doing that doggy crying and licking my face and crying and licking my face the entire day. And you know what he's like? He's a bit odd. Like, this is going to sound strange if you don't know Stan. But for the entire day, he never left my side, which is unusual for him. Because usually when we're in the house, I can be on the couch and he can be who the fuck knows. But he never, he was sitting on the couch stand next to me the entire day. Then when the kids were over with Booby Billy and, you know, after Booby and Stan played a little bit together. So we sat at the table there after dinner talking for quite a while. And Stan was next to me and he sort of jumped up in my lap and he sat in my lap. The girls were kind of look to the point where everyone was like, this is really weird. It's normal dog behavior, but weird dog behavior for Stan. <laughs> he just sat there like, you know, he'll do that for a second if you hold him. But he just sat there on my lap, just kind of hanging out. And uh, then for the last few months, you know, Stan's gotten a bit older and he doesn't really, he gets hot in the middle of the night. So he doesn't like to sleep on the bed as much as he used to. 
So he usually sleeps next to me on the floor. So last night we go to bed. And uh, sure enough, he, he was on top of the bed while I was getting ready for bed. And then he went down and sat by the side of the bed. And then in the middle of the night, I, he jumps up and he spoons me for the rest. <laughs> this is funny. For the rest of the night, he, he sort of got in, you know, in my arms and just laid there for the entire night. So I guess somewhere in Stan's dog brain, he was kind of like relieved or whatever or noticed that I wasn't dead. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just this, like, I, I mean, he's back to his normal behavior now because I have no idea where he is. Like right he now, most, you so much. He just <laughs> but, missed you. But, you know, most dogs like when, you know, Clifford, rest in peace. Yeah. When Clifford was in the house during the show, Freddie, he'd be sitting right next to me. You know, for a while there, we had his bed right here, but, uh, but Stan seems to be back to normal today, but I'm telling you, you guys know him. He was not himself yesterday. He was like a real dog. It was really sweet. No. And it made me think. There's something else, aren't there? Oh my God. Dogs. Uh, uh, by the way, Dan, have you, uh, is there uh, a date for, uh, for, um, Clifford's celebration of life? No, haven't done that yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, just it's. Will there it's be? There will there be snacks? <laughs> there will be snacks. Well, but like, sure. and, and seriously, there should be a substantial snack, people. Because if we're going to come all the way, you know, I don't. And maybe we could do this. You could have snacks created in the shape of like dog bones and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> and set up a mic so we could all come up and tell our stories about you know exactly. Clifford stories. Clifford yeah. stories. Tell yeah. some Clifford stories. Stan could be there, you know, of course, and he already looks like he's wearing a tuxedo because of his coloring, so be <laughs> yeah. right, dressed formally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's something else, and, uh, you know, I spoke to Dan when I was away several times. Like, it's, I, I mean, I was around a lot of people, so were you, but at the community of golf guys that I hung out with, all men in their sort of late 60s to early to late 80s. Like, there's a, a bunch of men there that have all just moved to, to San Miguel and live in Mexico, and I don't know that I'm ready to do that. And part of what I miss, obviously, I miss my kids and the comforts of being in your own home, but I don't know that I can, I don't know if I can do like another, it's like nine weeks away from that dog. He's not, he's only got a couple more years left. Don't tell him that. And I was thinking about you, Dan, like what you went through with Clifford. Um, I'm going to have to go through that with him. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, well, I don't want to do that if I'm away for a protracted period of time. Like Freddie, like, you know, we were talking about a little bit before the show, like how we could maybe break it up. But those men that I was around, the men and women I met who, who have moved there, are even including our friend Bill, they're there for eight and nine months. I don't yeah, think I- I'm ready to do that yet. Oh, I, I'll never be ready to do that. Like, I just, um, like, even the month and that we were away for a month, got home for two weeks, went away for another month. I don't even know if Delise will be prepared to do that next year. I think she found that a bit long to be away from the kids, even with that two weeks home. So I don't know, and I can't relate to that. I can't imagine leaving in November and coming home in April. I, I can't. You know, especially if your kids can't visit you like I, I people that can do that, that's super, you know, if they can literally, you know, detach themselves from that aspect of their lives. Great. Like super. But I, I, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, that's a great word for it. It's like I, I was saying that to the to Randy even last night. I said, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still too involved and w- I want to mm-hmm. be involved 
yeah. in my children's lives and the lives and also the life that I, we've created here. You know, I like Toronto. I know it sounds hokey, but I miss, I love the city. You know, I like being here. And a lot of those people, I, the reason I mentioned their ages, Dan, is because, you know, like our friend Billy, 78 years old, his kid, kids are grown. Yeah, he's got some grandkids and they FaceTime and such. But he's, that word you use, he is detached definitely more so than we are. You know, we still have a, a job here. You know, I was one of the few guys, like I played in this group of uh, golfers on Wednesdays and Fridays, about 40 of them. Not only am I the only one still working, I was the youngest at least by 10 years, maybe eight years. Like, it's so weird, Dan, being around 78 and 85-year-olds who think of you as a kid. Like, they do. <laughs> they, they look at me like, oh, they, they literally say that. What does the kid think? I'm, like, you know, it's, I'm 63. But to those guys, they're detached from their everyday younger existence for sure they are but they and they've also uh, attached themselves to that new community yes very which much is, so. they, they've uh, bought into that idea right yep. into whatever that means whether they're detached from life in general and just want to have nothing to do with the politics and just have a small group of friends and just do that oh. every day till they uh, they wrap it up mm-hmm. it's just the uh you know it's really it's the ass if i didn't have grandkids it would be easier I mean, I still have kids, kids, obviously, but um, I don't know. I just, uh, and to tell you the truth, that it was really hot in San Miguel. It was hotter than I thought it would be. So coming back to this is almost refreshing on some level. It'll get tedious, I'm sure, as April and into May unfolds with gray and, you know, fluctuating temperatures and everything. That will get tedious, but... I'm the same way, right up till Christmas. I thought it was great. Leaving mid-January was just perfect. Mm -hmm. Because I like it up to Christmas, you know. You get a chance to take a breath in early January after the season, and then you go away, and next thing you know, it's April. Um, So from that aspect, it's good. But at the same time, sometimes day after day after day of sunshine and heat can almost, for a Canadian, can get to be a bit much. Now, and I know people listening go, oh, boo-hoo, too bad for you, blah, blah, blah. But it, it, it is, I, I want to get back to that in a second, but what Dan said about these people have attached themselves to this new yeah. life, absolutely correct. They, because I think in your late 60s into your mid 70s, and there's a lot of, there were a lot of people I was around that were very, still pretty active and healthy and but they're no longer interested in the day-to-day of this nut, you know, of being in a city and having to deal with all the shit you have to deal with. And I kind of get right. that. But uh, back to what you said about, like, I was there in November, and it was a different climate. Yes. When I was there in November, it never got above 24, 25, very rarely, never felt the heat the way we felt it the last couple of weeks. Like, we had a few days there. And it's interesting, Dan, maybe it's not interesting, but it was interesting to me that the temperature... Most like here in Toronto, you know, it sort of peaks midday there. It started to get hotter between three and five in the afternoon. It was crazy. Like we played all the golf usually in the morning because at three thirty four in the afternoon, it's punishing. It's Is desert. That the best deal then on the colors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's for sure the best deal. But it's, it's hard to describe how how dry and hot you know, that heat feels at 31, 32. There was a few days, 33, 34. It's a different kind of heat than here. Well, and it's a different kind of heat than the ocean side as well. Oh, yeah. 
Um, obviously not nearly as well. There is no humidity to speak of. There isn't. It's just hot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and again, not to complain about it, but that's the beauty of being able to sample different areas, right? You go and then you figure out what is best for you, and obviously return to that. Uh, but uh, you know, in San Miguel's, like again, so many restaurants and a lot of culture there and a lot of art and it's a really neat place to go and i understand why those people move there i i really do Uh, yeah it's a different type of american it's a different type of canadian there are you know most of the americans i met there obviously they have passports which is you know not common but a lot of them have lived overseas a lot of them were in the oil business got a couple guys i hung with from texas um and by the way, just if you're curious, we're going to get to indictment week. That's going to be tomorrow's program. Um, but I, I've got some stories about getting into po- po- political conversations with some of these Americans. But for the most part, uh, by the way, if you enjoy this kind of travel talk, we have a travel podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called uh, Aging with Energy. And I think I don't think it's been released yet. But Freddie and I did an episode when we were in San Miguel last week together about being in San Miguel and sort of outlining if you're interested in the place. Uh, And we'll let you know when the next episode of AWE, the old guys travel show is released. In the meantime, speaking of very old men, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential Mm -hmm. anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Mm -hmm. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house with news and views Let's get right to it It's time for Dan Duran, the anchorman If you want to be mayor of a major North American city Now's your chance If you pick Toronto Noms for the uh, mayoral election on June 26th open today so uh, just so you know, when you show up to, uh, you know, put in your nomination, you're asked to bring no more than four guests with you when submitting your nomination at the City Hall. Prospective candidates are all asked to uh, register online for a time slot to uh, file their nomination. So it doesn't get all, you know, crowded over at the City Hall there if you're uh, if you're into it. I think you guys should run. Humble and Fred Vermeer. Yeah, well, that yeah. dick face Chris, Chris Sky apparently is announcing his candidacy today at two o'clock. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Um, I look at the field, and, you know, whenever it's Mayor of Toronto, there's always, like, like 20 people running, which is just, to me, is bizarre. People run knowing they have no chance at winning. But I, I look at that list, and a guy like, you know, it often comes back to name recognition, right? Like Mark Saunders, who was uh, police chief for several years. To me, uh, somebody like that, like has a very good chance of becoming a mayor. Um, is uh, someone, I, I can't remember if I read it, is Olivia Chow thinking of running? I don't know. If, well, we'll find out today. I don't know if she's officially put her hat in the ring, although I've never seen her in a hat. And where's uh, the so. ring anyway? Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, that, where's people throw their hats in what ring? Yeah, I know. Like a bullfighting ring? Or uh, like a barrel? Is it throw your hats in a... 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. But I, I, I'm actually interested to see if we can get some audio from that Chris guy. I'd love to get him back. Just be fun to have him back. Full circle, the anti-vax idiot, rich kid, daddy's little boy. That's, um, you know, again, that's, uh, that's, a, I, I would say, I, I w- what's the wording I would allege or I would suggest that there's a, uh, there's a level of mental illness there that uh, is, you know, I'm sure his family has to deal with. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a level. <laughs> Fucking funny. Um, I guess you don't have to qualify. It doesn't say anything out of other qualifying. You don't have to do a medical check or anything. But, but no, you I need don't 200 think so. bucks and 25 original signatures. Do you, uh, Daniel, will you? And now, again, indictment week. Tomorrow is going to be a fascinating day. Uh, and we can leave all that stink till tomorrow. But uh, do you have any other stories today? Because I have. First of all, didn't Fred, you said you had a story. Yeah, I have a story. Well, okay. I would, mine, uh, mine was going to be about you know a little bit of Trumpy stuff, but you know that's that's well, for tomorrow. I, so. well, yeah, leave the Trumpy stuff if you can, because there's some Trumpy stuff. Obviously, Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene on sixty Minutes caused a big stink. Uh, right. But but uh, and I have a story, a local story of interest to uh, I think Dan and myself, but it might have interest to others across the country. But Freddie, what was your story that you wanted to tease us with? I was just going to say, Marjorie Taylor Greene on 60 Minutes, apparently a lot of Democrats were upset that that 60 Minutes, you know, a, a show of that quality or that level would have her on. I think yeah. it's great they have her on. But the world should see that now. They should see it. Yeah, and the Democrats uh, were upset. The, the thought being, why give her legitimacy? Just And, and well, there's an, listen, and I get it. But there's an argument to be made that one of the reasons Trump got elected yeah. was so much Democrat... You know, mainstream television, MSNBC, all that <clears throat> covered him because it made great television. Yeah. Well, I just think with her, anybody that's got a brain in their head or up the middle, you know, or undecided, look at that and go, oh, okay, I want no part of that. Okay, perfect. But the people that don't have brains in their head will see mm-hmm. that she's on 60 Minutes and go, oh, well, well she must be vice president uh, material. But are they watching 60 Minutes? They were last night. Yeah. Uh, anyways, what's your story? Um, this like this is just an unbelievable story out of St. Petersburg, Florida. Like I read it and I read it again and I couldn't believe it. A man goes over to his well, his wife's house. I think they had split up, and he stabs her to death. And there's a two-year-old in the place, so he stabs her to death and leaves. The two-year-old wanders out of the house. And is eaten by an alligator. Do you hear what I'm saying here? The man stabs, stabs his wife to death. Yeah. Two year olds in the house wanders out of the house. They're looking for the kid and they find it in the jaws of an alligator. Like, does it get any like worse than that? Like, well, yeah, I don't know. Is that is that like the worst luck a family can have? Is that what you're saying? I, I, and I, listen, I, I, you know, move on to the next story now because I, I don't want this to go anywhere other than the fact that I just, it's unimaginable. Where do you think it could go? Oh, anyway, you know. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying like. No, I know you're not. I'm, I'm not, just saying I, a man stabs his wife to death. It's just we have a long history of, you know, maybe taking. Mm. devastating stories like this and no. then end up 
end up being immature or whatever with them and I'm going to be 67 and I just I, I, I just can't be like that anymore I just have to look at this story of face value and mm. did you want to would you want to send me a note saying by the way as of today I will not be immature anymore is that what you wanted to do no 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 okay I mean, there's still, listen, there's categories of, of stories that immaturity can become sure. part of. But just think, he stabs his wife to death. No, I know, I get it. Leaves the house. And the kid leaves the, kid the house thinking, well, that's, maybe the find kid. find the kid in the jaws of an alligator. I know. Like, I, you can't, you couldn't make that up. Well, if you put that in a movie, no one would believe it. And right. at some point, the kid's like, well, you know, that's the worst thing that I could ever happen to me. Yeah. And then he wanders out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. How, well, I'm, how I'm, did they think to look at the for an alligator? Yeah. Why? why, why how? Where are you I, living? There's an alligator around. Well, you've seen golf courses. Those a lot of those Florida developments with houses around ponds that have yeah, alligators. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Now you're asking me details. Well, that I don't I can't know. Deliver, but I'm just saying that is the story. And uh, you know, and I read it, and I went to another source, and I went to another source. Is, is can this be true? And was it true? That if yes, that a family could suffer such devastation. That is ridiculous. Well, I I could change the subject if you know for a little no, palate cleanser. Do, no, thank before, you, cub reporter. You know, before, uh, yeah. before, <laughs> before what? Comes off the rails or whatever. Oh just, yeah, you know, God forbid. Uh-huh. <laughs> what was your story, Howard? <laughs> well, my story comes from reporter Jeff Lumby in okay. uh, France. Mm-hmm. Who had uh, was corresponding with me uh, yesterday and pointed out? He asked me, and apparently, maybe Fred's heard this because he's a big Bill Maher fan. Not that I'm not, but I don't listen to much of it. Um, but apparently, Dan, uh, the city of Regina, Saskatchewan, is uh, starting to launch a campaign to uh, get people interested in the city of Regina, Saskatchewan, and their campaign slogan is "Show us your Regina." Which, which I found highly amusing, having grown up 40 miles from Regina and spent my entire life trying to make the same Regina vagina joke. And now here are Regina's embracing that. You, you were know, not. It's been shut. Howard, it's been shut down. Well, you've, uh, you were nodding your head, so you had heard this? Yes, I'd heard the story. And I saw it on Bill Maher, our uh, real-time Friday night, but no, it was shut down. In fact, oh, people have had to apologize for even thinking of that way. And so that it got through the process of how are we going to promote Regina. They actually, they actually produced some commercials or whatever. And then once they were aired, of course, the woke, whatever you want to talk about it, all the do-gooders or whatever, however you want to refer to those people, it's been shut down. And what a tragedy that is because it was so clever and it was mm-hmm. so funny and we're all adults and we get the joke and it's sort of neat. But no, they've, they've, they've shut it down. That's too bad. Yeah. Because I loved it. Oh, it was great. I mean, having grown up there, because as I said, we've all been making that joke the mm. we've all been making that inference as long as I can remember. And then when Lumby sent me that note yesterday, he said, I'm not making this up that they're actually their slogan is show us your Regina. I'm like, that's brilliant. Mm. But yeah. uh, sadly, you they that's too bad. I'm going to go. I'm going to go do some research. 
what other cam- what other campaign slogans could there be that that wouldn't kind of <laughs> well, listen, we're, Wouldn't take we're you there. I'm about to uh, admit our, our actual grown up guest here. So let's keep all the oh, right, know, okay. all the immaturity down. All right. Let's then with all your hairy Regina remarks that you're going to. Okay. So that's it for your, the news. Then. That's it for the news. <laughs> that's right. Tune in he, tomorrow. Speaking of, of Trump's, uh, stinky Trump's Regina. Speak. How did Mar put it the other night? He was I think he got on to the climate and said something about. He, he used the word "the climate in Regina is hairy" or something. He yeah, connected yeah. the two. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. And that's um, what you would do. Yeah, town apologizes for raunchy uh, uh, um, ad campaign slogan under fire. Tourism board apologizes for show us your Regina, like on and on. Yeah, it's, it's really so too bad. Tedious. Now. It is. Like, who are they trying to protect? I don't know. Like, like I don't need the population has a vagina. Like, and and no, but and, and who wouldn't? And anyone that wouldn't find that somewhat amusing, that's not who you want anyway. And besides, it you know, it's no one's going to Regina. There's, it's it's the first time anyone's talked about it. It's sexist here. Canadian City apologies uh, apologizes after sexist show us your Regina. Like yeah. uh, uh, anyway, we got. Well, listen, we'll, listen. We might revisit this tomorrow when we have a little more time before we run out of time today. I uh, want to uh, admit the uh, the CEO. I hope I'm getting this right. Wahi, the CEO of Wahi. Benji Katchen is joining us now. And uh, Dan Duran, stick around for a bit so you can shut down the show when we're done in the next few minutes when uh, Benji finally uh, gets his Zoom ready and uh, we can say hi. There he is. Hey, Benji. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Well, we're great. Um, I just want to make sure I'm not screwing up two things because it would be, you know, we're, we're, I don't know what you know about us, but we're semi-professionals. The company is called Wahi. Wahi, yeah. Wahi, and your name is Katchen. You got it, Benji Katchen. Benji, what a pleasure to have you on our program. I'm Howard, that's Fred. Dan Duran has gone away for a second, but uh, thanks for well, thinking. Well, nice to meet you both. Well, nice to meet you, and thanks for uh, thinking about us. Let's get right to it, because it's a unique name. Who is Wahi? What does the word mean? And what is PropTech? Just, get, just give us some information. Thank you. Happy to. So what is Wahi? Wahi is a new digital real estate company that's hit the scene in the greater Toronto area uh, last August. And it's quickly gathering steam and now has tens of thousands of people using our app. Uh, What does Wahi mean? Uh, We were trying to find a name when we launched this that was a little different, a little unique, but had something to do with the home because we're in the home business. And uh, we... It actually means a place in mm. Hawaiian. You're actually oh, the nice. first person to ever really ask me what does that mean. Um, I'm actually surprised by that. But, uh, <laughs> that place right. in Hawaii, in Hawaiian. And oh. what does that have to do with prop tech? I know. How does that all get kind of uh, folded into it? So prop tech is an amalgam of two words, property and technology. Mm. And what we've seen is every other industry has been taken by storm by technology so you buy your books your travel you do your banking everything seems to be online now but when it comes to real estate the most important purchase that you ever made it's still 
the agent and I'm not going to say dealing with an agent for your most important purchase isn't important. However, there's so much data and information out there and that's where the technology part uh, comes in. And we think that what we do is we combine the best of what is digital so that a customer can have an Amazon or an Uber or an Airbnb experience while they're doing real estate with the best of human touch and knowledge and capability uh, when uh, advising clients or helping clients with this important purchase. Okay, so give us an example to sort of clarify the difference. Uh, you know, I can pick up the phone today and call like Royal LePage or I can call you guys. What's the difference? So the main difference is we combine the best realtor with the best app and data, and we can actually do that in a way that puts cash back into your pocket. That's really the difference. So uh, with many other realtors, they're uh, great, energetic, individual practitioners. However, uh, they're not necessarily able to provide the same level of a consumer app on your Android or your iPhone that we would have, and then use that app to give amazing data that puts a greater degree of control into the customer's hands. So for example, one of the things we've done is we've created the most accurate home value estimate mm-hmm. in the greater Toronto area. We're going to be rolling that out in the rest of Ontario soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can instantly go online and see what your home is worth up to the minute. Um, and we we know a lot about it because anytime it's sold in the last 20 years, we have all the data for that. But we also allow you to enter information such as if you've uh, changed some things around or uh, if you have new information about the property tax, et cetera. And we keep that up to date so you can save and track it and see what your home is worth every month. You're not dependent on a third party to necessarily do that. You can do that. We have market stats. So we've taken the greater Toronto area and we've broken it down into 400 unique neighborhoods. So you can look at your neighborhood and you can see up to the minute what the bidding activity is. Is it an overbid or underbid? Mm -hmm. You know, is it a good time to sell? Is it a good time to buy? So those are just two examples of many of the uh, capabilities that we put into the palm of the consumer's hand. And and I like what you said about, you know, taking the experience that we all take for granted now in terms of, you know, whether we're buying something on Amazon or ordering Uber Eats and you're making that into a real estate experience that's, and, and already you can tell it's very unique versus sort of the traditional bricks and mortar, you know, real estate company. Um, how does, how does Wahi's tools, uh, maybe you can get into that, differ from uh, comparable tools that are already on the market, people that would, you know, be familiar with what we're talking about? So many of the tools I'm talking about are, uh, let's start with what you do when you start your home search. You're browsing to find the right property. Um, what I would say is in our app, we have combined not only what's publicly available through MLS, but we've combined it with the, mo- the most sources of data of anyone. But we didn't just throw a bunch of data at you. Um, yes, we've mapped every school district in the greater Toronto area. Uh, yes, we have school scores from the Fraser Institute. And if you want to look for certain school types with certain ages, with a certain zone, yes, you can do that in our app. But we haven't just thrown a bunch of data and said, go figure it out. We've actually made it simple, clear and intuitive. Plus, we have non-commissioned agents on the phone because uh, I'm not I'm not for a second going to believe that someone's going to buy a million dollar house or even a $500,000 condo online with three clicks of a button. That That's not the reality. People still need some handholding and some advice. However, having all this information at their hands allows them to be in control of this in a way that they're not able to be uh, with many other competitors. 
And you said that the system can put money back in your pocket, I think, was um, the term you used. How does that happen? So like, you know, how is this financially better than, um, you know, the status quo or the the usual? So your typical real estate agent um, and I don't want to knock any real estate agent. They're they're great <laughs> independent business people. Uh, they've got to spend a lot of time hustling to go find their next client. And if you're their client, they spend a lot of time driving around or walking around the city with you to find your house. What we've done, at least for the buying side of the transaction, is we've created a fundamentally different agent experience where we have top agents too, but they sit behind their desk, either in their home office or downtown Toronto office. And instead of advising six or eight deals a year, they have the capacity to do to literally do hundreds of deals a year because they're not having to actually go and hustle for leads and they're not actually having to drive you around the city. If you want to go and see a property, uh, we have uh, what we've called tour assistants, which can they're licensed agents as well. They're not your agent. They'll go and open the door and they'll get you into any property in the GTA that you want to see. Cool. However, the person who advises you and your realtor is sitting here on Zoom, just like I'm sitting here with you on Zoom right now. And they're able to just be a lot more efficient and get a lot more experience very, very quickly advising clients. And as a result of that, we take that savings and we pass um, we pass it back to the customer. So, for example, on a million-dollar home, we keep uh, a typical buying agent in Toronto gets 2.5%. We keep the first one, and we're very transparent. The next 1.5% goes back to the client. So the client would get $15,000 back. So that's also very different than a typical model where at the realtor keeps the vast majority of that, if not all of that. One of the things I found frustrating in, in trying to go online to get you know a sense of what any property I've owned is worth. But, you know, I've done this recently, and it's interesting we're talking to you. We're talking to Benji Katchen of Wahis, the CEO of a unique company that's, you know, making the digital buy. I love this, but now I understand what prop tech, property tech is all about. One of the things I find frustrating is when I've seen these things online that say, you know, find out the value of your home. And I'll go in there and I'll put in my address and it won't give me the the value. What it will give me is a link to a real estate company that wants my information and then they want to sort of gather my data so that they can inbound me should I want to sell my house. If I want to go on Wahi and just find out the price, can I do that today? Yes. So explain. It's I go, as simple so, as that. You can go. It's called the Wahi Bestimate. So, uh, yes, if you're in the greater Toronto area, uh, you can do that today. And we'll be rolling this out to the rest of Ontario very soon and the rest of Canada thereafter. But uh, you can find instantly the value of your house. Not think, only that. Well, I, was gonna, uh, Benji, I, think that's a, I think that's a game changer because that experience I described is so annoying that it's actually put me off trying to figure it out. Because then it basically turns out the only way you could find out is to get a real estate agent here. I just want to sort of keep track of it. Now, do I get that by what is the website and do i need to write do i need to also download the app so you can do it online you can also download the app either one will work so what is the um, website for people uh, the website is www.wahi.com w-a-h-i.com okay um you can get the you go to the wahi estimate or home value estimate and it will instantly tell you what it's worth you can also save and track that your house so over time you know, it's interesting. You can see what how much money is in your bank account by looking online at your bank, or you can see what your mutual funds are worth if you log into your mutual fund account. But your most valuable asset 
it's really hard to know what it's worth. So we've actually enabled a save and track. So every month as the price maybe goes up a bit or down a bit, you can track that on a graph. Wow. That's great, man. And when, when you say GTA, is it what? Um... From Oakville to Oshawa to Simcoe County, practically okay. not quite up to Barrie, but um, we've just added 18 new real estate boards uh, that we'll be going live with in the next couple of weeks. So we're going to have a much wider swath uh, around Toronto. And then we'll be adding from Ottawa to Windsor and Northern Ontario very soon after that. And, and things have been pretty volatile lately with interest rates and fluctuations in prices. Um, is it a good time to sell or buy right now? Or is it just business as usual? I would say it's anything but business as usual right now. We have okay. not seen interest rates rise at this clip uh, ever, or at least uh, not. Uh, I've gone through several cycles. I haven't seen them rise this quickly in several decades. So I'd say the market is still adjusting. That being said, uh, at least Toronto is a very dynamic market. We have a lot of people moving to the city. I'm not one of those people that would ever tell a consumer, buy now where you're never going to get into the market or sell right. now, you're never going to get such a good price. That being said, uh, we're still seeing activity. There's people that need to buy or sell for a whole variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. And I'd say the market, uh, we're probably in the middle of middle innings of this adjustment. Uh, but adjusting like all markets uh, is happening. Uh, people are still buying. People are still selling. Uh, and life goes on. Right well, listen, on. man, what a fast. This is fascinating. And, and again, as I described it, this, it's been frustrating up till now for a lot of us. I just want to get a sense of what our, our property values are at and why he seems to have solved this problem. Wahi, W-A-H-I-E. Dot com. You can get the uh, information on, on, on your website and, of course, download the app. Any last thoughts, Benji Katchen of Wahi? Anything we should know more about Wahi? Because, really, I think you've covered it. Um, uh, I don't have a ton more to tell you. Um, I think it's a phenomenal combination of the best realtors with the best uh, data and app that is out there. And I would just encourage your listeners, uh, just give it a uh, a minute or two, download it and try it for yourselves. Well, I'll tell you one thing. As soon as I know he and I'll tell you, well, yeah, you got two people that as soon as we're done this show, we're both going to go online and check out the value of this property. Listen, Benji, I hope this isn't the last time we have a chance to talk to you. That was great. Likewise. Uh, nice meeting you, Howard. Nice meeting you, Fred uh, and uh, Dan. And thanks very much for the opportunity. All Thank the best. You, com. And I know a lot of people, as soon as we download this show, they're also going to go <laughs> check out their their prices. <laughs> Sorry. As soon as I stop sneezing during your spot. Uh, Benji, take care of yourself, my friend. Thanks, Benji. Thank you. There you go. It's Benji Katchen of uh, Wahi. Dude, how, you know, that that is such a great idea. Being able to track and save your home value month to month. Yeah, I know. Things have, uh, over the past few months, it's, uh, you know, there's been some dramatic shifts, so it is uh, convenient to be able to sort of stay on top of it. I say. I like what he said, too, about, you know, them, we're in the middle innings of this adjustment, but there's always people for various reasons uh, that have various, uh, at various times, are still trying to buy and sell homes. And, uh, yeah, what an interesting idea. Dan Duran. Yes. Um, when. I, you know, it just occurred to me when you guys both got back, 
from being away for a couple of months, have you noticed any infrastructure changes like uh, cranes going up around you or any of that? Well, around me, back? for sure. Mm. That giant uh, project across the street from us here um, seems to have been you know, clipping right along for the last two months. But tomorrow I'll tell you about something that's changed significantly in this neighborhood that has been part of the landscape for many years. And I went for a walk yesterday and I noticed that I, and I'll, I will reveal it tomorrow that something that has fascinated me from the day I've moved in has finally changed. And uh, I'll explain what that it is. Has? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not the rubbing tugs, by the way. They're still here. No, I oh, know. That's what I thought. No, the <laughs> rubbing tugs are still here. The weed store is still here. The pizza place. I know what you're talking about. Well, then just save it till tomorrow. Hmm. It's a big tease. Plus, tomorrow, of course, we'll do uh, all kinds of uh, debriefing on uh, what's happening. Bill, the Bre- Trump roundup. The Trump, the Trump roundup. roundup. Yeah. I love indictment week. <laughs> what did Bill Maher say on Friday night? He said, uh, "You know, Trump. After all these years of stiffing people, now he's getting in trouble for actually paying someone." That's right. Yeah, I've heard that joke. <laughs> and, you know, a few people have made the eye. After not paying people, he's finally getting in trouble for paying some. Bill Brio will yeah. be here tomorrow. Uh, we will talk some entertainment with him, and then we'll spend a little bit of time trying to figure out what's going on with, uh, you know, all that stuff tomorrow. It's going to be. I'm. I. I it's almost like. Uh, I don't know. It's like a weird feeling. I, I know where I'm going to be at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning when they perp walk him into court. You know, there's some audio. And again, I don't I, we're now we're wrapping things up. But there's some audio of Lindsey Graham crying. What? I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I'm going to find it for you tomorrow. This is a guy who at one time in 2016 said, if we elect Trump, it is going to fucking end us and we'll deserve it. Basically paraphrasing was crying on Fox News. Um, to ask people to give him money, to give money to the the billionaire to support him in this fight against the injustice. It's quite something. Wow. Yeah, these are some funny little times. It's quite the actor. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, anyway, that's all tomorrow. Great to be back, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you on uh, the Tuesday. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. We read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Liking and subscribing really helps us out by charging up the getting noticed algorithms. So does giving all those hearts and stars, so thank you. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, there is a small segment of our population that wear shorts and flip-flops all through our Canadian winters. Fashion for thought. Enjoy every goddamn day. In the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?